the lodge, where old and new friends gather for discussion and camaraderie, where the serious and trivial are debated with equal intensity. So pull up a chair to the fire and welcome to the Southern Lodge. Hey y'all, uh, 20th episode of the Southern Lodge podcast. Hard to believe we've already reached the second double digit number, the big two zero. Tonight it's just going to be Aaron and myself. Danny's dealing with a bunch of paperwork at work. Insurance game never sleeps apparently. We're going to recap a little bit of this past week in the SEC, how Tennessee and how Mississippi State did both both coming up with the L's. But first off, how are you doing tonight, Aaron? Hey, hey, sorry. <laughs> I, you cut out for just a half a second there. Mike, I, you know what? I'm licking my wounds over here, but, um, you know, that's what God made Southern Lodge Sweet Tea for is times like this. And any good state fan knows that uh, we have weathered times like this before. And, uh, you know, I, what I say to them is we've been here before, gentlemen. Uh, we know how to handle this. So get your Evan Williams green label ready. We're going to have a great time. Just a question. Is, is Starkville dry? Like the city, the town? Not city, but the town? Uh, no, it's a, it's a wet city. Uh, campus has restrictions. Mississippi State campus has restrictions on alcohol. But it's relaxed a lot. Uh, recently, Octibaha County, where Starkville is located, is a dry county. Uh, you want to say that one again? Octibaha. Ah, Octibaha. One of them great Indian names that the state adopted. I was, of course, born in Neshoba County, which is right next to Choctaw, Mississippi. So, but uh, I guess we'll start with my game first which was the the bloodbath that was Tennessee Alabama it wasn't really close the takeaways from this game are more about what coach Pruitt said and did after the game as compared to what Tennessee did on the field because what Tennessee did on the field wasn't a lot but after the game Pruitt and during the halftime apparently he gave a speech about uh, he told his players that to give him a chance because he had like he would have four guys that were seniors that were playing hard and he was going to trade them out for 25 new ones, basically meaning he was going to he was losing a little bit but he was going to he was going to promise to recruit highly and get some kids in there that they could compete with Alabama with next year. Of course, I think Tennessee is really probably two to three years away with competing with Alabama the way Alabama is today, but. That's one thing I like about Pruitt. He, uh, the difference between him and Butch Jones, and that's a completely another subject because uh, apparently after the game, Butch Jones took a picture smoking a cigar with an Alabama player, and he got the old Gatorade bath. And the comments on Twitter were not very complimentary, we should say. One of them was basically, you're celebrating a team that you are an analyst for. Not a coach, an analyst beating a team that you basically they were beating your team that you you know was built by you which got run out the building so not saying much but Pruitt's recruiting he's saying the right things he's you know saying we're not there we're going to get there I'm going to do better I've got to coach them better so you're hearing all the right things from Pruitt the team is getting better I know Alabama didn't show it but 
against Auburn. You know, we got that one on the road. They've competed a lot better. I think South Carolina is going to be a better test because we went from the high of beating Auburn on the road. We got smashed by Alabama. So we'll see how when we return back to the middle, and really South Carolina is the middle of the SEC right now, even though a lot of people on this show picked them to go very high. Uh, I think one person in particular picked them to win the East. Not naming (laughs) any names, but so that's my Tennessee recap. I think I even sent a text during the game. Tennessee sucks, and Alabama's really good. So that pretty much summed up that Saturday. Now, Mississippi State, on the other hand, that game, Aaron, that game, that game. Who? yeah. Uh, long day on the couch Saturday, Mike, and it was a beautiful day. It was just a beautiful day to sit on the couch and watch some football. I ate so much junk food that by the time that game came, I really just didn't even care. Uh, and, and, you know, going into it, I know I'd pick State to win, uh, but going into it, I just had, had settled my emotions because, honestly, what does that game mean right now? I'm, I mean, uh, everything that we had hopes for in this season – have already been crushed. Like, we we had hopes to make a run. I'm not even going to say to beat Alabama for the West, but we had hopes to show up to that game and put up a fight, and that's just not going to happen now. I mean, it's just – our defense is going to keep us in it for at least a half, but uh, – and, and we very well may hold Alabama to their season low, but it'll still be a three, four-score game. Uh, now, so going into that game, I had just altered my expectations – uh, and when we came out through that interception on the opening drive after two false starts, that was not a good sign. That was a terrible sign. Nope. And uh, they they scored after three plays. Uh, the the light, the silver lining of that was that we drove down the field and got three points. And then from there for till I don't know what a few minutes before halftime, it was seven to three. Man, I mean our defense, our defense locked in and controlled the game. The problem was the offense couldn't do anything after that first drive. Uh, we still put up, uh, heck, I don't know, it was close to, close to 200 yards on the ground, I think, maybe 190 yards. Uh, just didn't close out the drives. And this is probably going to bring us into a topic of whether or not it's time to change out Nick Fitzgerald for Keaton Thompson. I think it is. I think it's just time for a, a different – a different energy on the field. Uh, you know, it's like it's like when uh, it, it's like when Sylvester Crooms last year, unfortunately, <laughs> using that analogy. His last year, we had Wesley Carroll, and he just couldn't get anything going. And so the fans, we just wanted something different to keep us interested in the game, and that's kind of where we're at right now. What good do we have by riding out Nick Fitzgerald for the rest of the year? Here's the thing, though. No no discredit to him. He is what he is, and he is a mule of a quarterback. He runs hard. He gets the crap beat out of him. I mean, he, he takes a beating for this team, and not once has he given up. I mean – He's just not he's not a talented passer. And I don't think anybody will will ever say that he was a talented passer. The best I've ever said is that he's an average passer. And an and an average passer against LSU is going to throw interceptions because LSU's got an outstanding secondary. 
that's what happened. He went down there and got shredded. Now, three of those interceptions were his fault. That first interception, and I text you as soon as it happened, Osiris Mitchell wasn't even looking. That's just terrible. If I'm the coach and I see that happen, I sit him on the bench and I say, who's the next guy up? But, Coach, this guy doesn't know the plays. Who's the next guy up? But, Coach, this guy in practice, who's the next guy up? Because I need somebody who's going to go out there and make a play for me, and you didn't make a play. You, where, What was he even doing? He was just – he was, it was – what was? Do you think we were playing uh, Tillywinks? Did you think we were playing tag? He he. You you're running a crossing route. When you are crossing the middle of the field, you need to be looking at the quarterback. And especially, he didn't have anybody on him. That was an easy completion. Just put your hands up. Uh, anyway, that's not that one wasn't Fitz's fault, but the other three were. So, it, I'm not putting all the blame on him, but we need we need a new charge of energy. Well, I was I I I'm going to be honest. I missed the first part of the game, so I missed the first interception that he threw. But I well, I was watching the game, and you know I had both TVs set up in the living room, so I was you know flipping back and forth, and had some games muted. But I I was had the volume on, and at one point uh, I forget who I forget who was calling the game for ESPN, probably Blackledge or something. I don't know, but they were talking about talking to Moorhead during the week. And Moorhead basically admitted that Fitzgerald hadn't progressed as a passer like they thought he would, which was after the the Florida game. And they said that basically after the Florida game, the coaches realized that Fitzgerald just couldn't run the plays that they were calling. So they redid the offense, which is what you saw, we saw during the Auburn game when we were up there where he ran the ball all the time. But I thought that was very telling that a coach to actually come out and say, hey, my quarterback can just not is not able to run my offense, so we've had to change it midseason. So, but I'm with you. Uh, why they put Keaton Tom? Why they wouldn't let Keaton Thompson get a couple of series at the end of that game? I don't know. But what do you think about Fitzgerald? Maybe because tra- he's not going to play quarterback in the NFL. But you know what he could play? Tight end. Why not let him transition out? play a couple games at the end of the year at tight end. You let Keaton play quarterback, and that way they're both on the field at the same time. Right. I don't think that's a terrible idea. He he is a talented runner. Yeah. I mean, you, you, and he's he's big enough. He can block the big boys. Uh, it it's, it's feasible. And he doesn't show any progression with the arm talent. So it's – and I don't know if it's the arm talent – so much as it is the ability to read, yes, he, he doesn't show. He doesn't show the. Ooh, what's that word? Um, the intangibles. Um, no, it's it's where it's the it's the uh, cognitive ability to read the defense. What's that word? The IQ, but the football IQ. Ah. No, any it, it's where he he can look at the defense, read it, and say, "I already know my diagram. best route." He can't die. Oh, I know. Yeah, we all know what you're probably trying to say. I also think it has a little bit to do with probably his mechanics and footwork, because if you know he's look, he runs a lot of the quarterback draws, and when something breaks down, he runs. So 
you know, Peyton Manning and, you know, these pocket quarterbacks, they're always on the toes of their, they're, they're always on their toes, always ready to, to throw, you know, they're in their good, he half the time is flat because he's either going to run the ball or he thinks he's going to get hit. So, you know, some of it, most of it probably is he can't read a defense that well, but some of it too probably just is bad mechanics from always running the ball from the quarterback position. And, you know, I don't hear a lot of this from him. When Dak was a senior, Mullen multiple times mentioned that Dak was staying late and was sitting in on the coaches' meetings for the offense and going over game film with coaches. That's something I haven't heard about Fitz, and that's probably a big reason why he didn't progress because at this point it has to be about the cognition. It has to be about getting into the game and understanding the strategy. And honestly, I don't know that anybody understands this offense uh, other than Moorhead, and I'm not positive Moorhead even understands it because we're, we're not showing any progression as a team uh, at, at building our, our ability inside of that offensive scheme. Well, his but, offense works. I mean, that's clearly seen from Penn State because he's he's got basically – well, he doesn't – because Trace McSorley is a better thrower than what – I think if, if Keaton can be a quarter – or have, if Keaton okay, so let's say Nick Fitzgerald is at like twenty five percent passer level. If Keaton can be anywhere from fifty to sixty on a passer level, we're not saying a hundred percent like he's you know two or something. We're talking about just right there at average. He can be Trace McSorley, and um, Hill can be Saquon Barkley, and y'all have a Penn State type offense. But when and, you know, once again, I don't want to put everything on the quarterback, but if the quarterback ain't going, the offense don't go. I mean, he is the engine of the offense. So, but what what did you think about his comments? Uh, did you did you hear that during the game like I did or not? Uh, no. What do you, what uh, do you mean? When, well, that's what the, uh, the TV guys were saying, that when they interviewed Moorhead during the week, he basically said that uh, Fitzgerald wasn't, progressing and not picking up the offense like they thought he would so they had to re redo the offense halfway through the season they said it oh no that's true well i mean they said that on the national broadcast yeah i mean that's 100 percent true though i mean and everybody who is watching uh knows that he he went away from um heavy passing like with kentucky uh heavy running i mean he didn't even like balance it he just went heavy run and uh, that's that's why we beat Auburn, and and it gave us a chance against LSU. But the few times we had to make a pass, we had to. It it was just it was we had to use a seven to ten yard pass, and then a few of them were deep. It just didn't work. And and I think that is the difference with Keaton Thompson. His percent completion percentage is not astounding, but I think he is more cerebral, and that's the word I was looking for earlier. Mm. I think he has the ability to read his routes and read the defense. And I think he can hit those deep balls better. And another thing, he does have the intangibles. I mean, uh, the quarterback position, like it or not, is a leadership role on the team. And Fitz is more of a practitioner. He gets out there and grinds it out and, and puts the team on his back just like a mule and just works. And hopefully people get behind him because of his work ethic. Whereas Keaton Thompson's more of a relationship builder like Dak Prescott goes out there and gets gets guys to like him 
and then because they like him, they want to work well for him. I think Keaton's got more leadership potential in the intangibles, uh, like that relationship building, building good culture with the team. Right. We we saw it a couple years ago when Fitz was trying to win this team, man. Remember, uh, you came to that game, South Alabama. Damian Williams, when he came into the game, he wasn't the more talented player, but people wanted to do well with him. Like the whole offense got fired up when he was in the game. Damn Williams, and we just played yep. better. Yep, damn Williams. Yeah, Fitzgerald looked bad that in that job. game. He he should have after that game, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he he flat out played Fitzgerald in that South Alabama game. Here here's something scary, and and I don't know. I say it's scary. Maybe it's not. At the end of that South Alabama game, if we make that kick on the drive that Damian Williams led down the field, I'm not positive he didn't start the rest of that season, and I'm not positive Nick Fitzgerald doesn't transfer. I don't know what that means for the rest of the season and for the team, but that that could have changed that could have changed the progression of of the team. Do Do you remember where Dan Williams went? And the reason I, I say uh, Dan Williams is because that's what was on the back of his jersey, D A M dot Williams. So Dan Williams, funniest thing ever. But no, I, I meant to mention this earlier when you were talking about Dak. And all that, but you know, Dak after his junior year went up to Mullen and said that he wanted to throw the ball more and work on his mechanics and work on being a passer because that was what was going to get him to the NFL. And I really think that's why y'all took a step back a little bit that year is because Mullins owed owed a lot to Dak and kind of I noticed that y'all were throwing a little bit more Dak senior year, and I think that was because Dak did go to him and wanted. Dak kind of wanted to show off that he was a better passer than what he had been his first – what did he start, two or three years? So, that you know that was something – I think that really hurt y'all a little bit too because there were some games where if y'all would have run what y'all normally did, y'all probably would have got a win where Dak might have struggled a little bit throwing the ball. But I do remember that Dak going to Dan at the end of his junior year and saying that he wanted to throw the ball more. Well, that's that's what brought his NFL stock up. Uh, well, you say that, but I don't he was, know he was only was uh, about that. He was still what a third or fourth round pick. Yeah, but without improving his ability as a passer, he went like two hundred attempts without throwing an interception his senior year. He yeah. he drastically improved. But yeah, that's the difference, man. He went he went to the coaches. He showed initiative. Now Fitz got injured at the end of last season, and that's that's Ole Miss's fault for being terrible and evil. <laughs> but he missed a lot of spring practice, which that was critical time. Moorhead's installing the offense, and that might be why Keaton Thompson came out in that first game and lit it up. He he was responsible for five hundred and something yards of total offense in that first game, and a lot of it coming off of chunk pass plays. And his legs. He ran for 109 yards in that first game. Now, yeah. That was against an easy team. Well, I think that is what makes him intriguing because you know what you have with Fitz. With Keaton, you've seen glimpses of what he could be, which is so much more than Fitzgerald right now. So I think that's what's intri- It's what intrigues me. It's probably what intrigues Danny if, you know, Danny says he only cares about Auburn or whatnot. But, that you know, when I think Mississippi State football right now, Fitz, I know what I get with Fitz. I get a guy that – completes less than 50% of his balls. He'll run for 200 yards a game, but I just went back and looked at the LSU stats. He 
completed 8 of 24 for 58 yards, but he ran for 130 yards. Y'all had 201 rushing yards, by the way, but but that's what you're going to get against a good team. Now, Keaton, we don't know, but I think it's that uh, the unknown that is so intriguing about him right now because, like you said, your season isn't where you want it, so... Yeah, might as well look to the future now. Right. Might as well cuz right now best case scenario, man, we're looking at we're we're going to lose to Alabama and we're probably going to cough one more up. Uh we're we're probably looking best case scenario 7 and 5. Well, you're probably going to lose to A&M uh, this weekend. That's what I'm saying. So, it, but outside of that and then heck, if we lose to Ole Miss, that's 6 and 6 right there. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Best case scenario is probably seven and five. Worst case is probably five and seven. We're we're gonna be between Arkansas, Ole Miss, and uh, La Tech. We're gonna win one of those. We our defense is too good to to lose to all those teams. Let's see who y'all got coming up. A and M this weekend. Then it goes to La Tech. We can put that down as a win, I think. So one and one right now. Then it goes to Alabama, one and two. Then it goes to Arkansas, two and two. And then it's a toss-up between Ole Miss. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's either it's either yeah seven and five or six and six is your season. Yeah, that's probably right. But Ooh, and does, then does Keaton at- steal? Well. I would think the game that Keaton could steal for you would be this game, but he's not going to play. So, and unless Fitzgerald just comes out looking terrible, I don't think there's a way Keaton plays. So, I think Fitz starts this game, but unless unless Fitz runs down the field and scores a touchdown on the second drive, you will see Keaton Thompson. Moorhead mentioned in his press conference today that he is open to it. It's something they're talking about at coaches' meetings. He, we're going to see – and he mentions splitting time, not necessarily a quarterback change, but just mm. giving Keaton more opportunities. Gotcha. So we're, we're going to see him Saturday. I just don't know how fast he comes in the game. If he starts, I will be shocked. Yeah, I don't but see him starting. Play. And Tennessee – Tennessee's kind of – well, they're not going through the same thing, but Jarrett Garantano beat out Keller Christ, who came over from Stanford. Well, Alabama about – apparently either he – Garantano can't call protections correctly or the O-line just misses people, but he has gotten beaten up this year. And Tennessee – two of Tennessee's three touchdowns came from Keller Christ on the day. So, Garantano has done enough to beat him out, but Christ has shown flashes sometimes when he's been in the game. But – yeah, Tennessee needs to get some more consistent. Everybody, it seems, needs to get more consistent play out of the quarterback. Heck, Tennessee's O line. Uh, it was it was watching boys versus men when Alabama's D D front seven against Tennessee's O line. It was just pathetic. Uh, Everybody looks like that against Ole Miss, though. That's why it's it's so hard to judge Alabama. how good you are. But Al, oh no, yeah. oh shame, shame, Aaron. No, yeah, everybody looks looks terrible against Alabama. And Tennessee just started off looking like they wanted to go toe-to-toe when, when I'm not really sure what the right strategy is to play Alabama. But Alabama sure as heck came up and punched them in the mouth. Yes, they did. 
Alabama's going to start fast. I mean, what what strategy do you take against that? How do you stop? Do, do you call prevent defense off the first play? Do you blitz all off the first play? What do you do to throw them off their pace and off their game? Because you can't just call like a cover two because he's going to pick you apart on that. You got to do something weird, and you got it's a chance. It's a roll of the dice. Well, he's got a chance to break the record because I forget what it was, but he's already like got the third longest streak to to start to go through a season touchdowns to no interceptions. I think he's up to twenty five or something like that. And I think the record's twenty eight, twenty nine by some law tech guy from twenty twelve. So, I mean, he's who threw that? Who threw the interception? Was that Hurts? Uh, it had to have been. Uh, I don't know if that was an interception. I think it was a, a deflection, maybe. Let me go back and check the oh, official. Not, I don't. It's not going to go down as. Well, it definitely wasn't Tua that that happened to because that was so late in the game. I'm just checking it real quick. That yeah, it was an interception against Hertz. Tua had four touchdowns, no interceptions, 300 yards, 19 attempts or 19 completions. So, yeah, that was an interception against Jalen. Yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, he had, uh, he had surgery this week. Who? Hertz had um, surgery on his ankle or something like that. Uh, what's that word? Mi- microscopic? Micro- I don't know. He had small surgery on his ankle. They don't know his, um, they don't know his status for the LSU game right now because of this little surgery oh, he had. Jeez. Tua, though, made some risky calls, and Tennessee almost got him. I I watched at least one that most defensive backs are going to pick off. And for whatever reason, Tennessee missed out on it. Well, Tennessee's got freshmen. Tennessee was starting two freshmen in the secondary. Also, too, the officiating was terrible in the Alabama-Tennessee game. We had uh, our best – freshman defender Elante Taylor up there's no video of it so we couldn't they couldn't tell but apparently he hit somebody and he got ejected for that when even Gary who I can't stand most of the time was saying that if it's an open-handed slap then it's just the 15 yards and warnings you have to close your hand to get ejected and then a couple of plays later a Tennessee wide receiver and an Alabama DB get into a scuffle after a play and they do basically the same thing and it's personal fouls, but no one's ejected and Alabama O lineman throwing you to the ground and holding you all the way to the ground is apparently a great block. I don't know. So I saw that right off the bat. I I saw, uh, yeah, it was, it was an Alabama O lineman tackle a D line. Like he drug him to the ground Yeah, and they're just like, Oh dude, Alabama's protection is just on point. No, not really, but okay. <laughs> and then this this whole hands to the face thing, I'm getting over. I'm getting tired of it. Now, if you put it up to somebody's chest and it pushes their head up, that's not hands to the face. That's hands to the neck, top of the chest. The guy's head just now. If they put something, if they do grab your face mask, push it up. Yeah, call that. But I'm seeing too many of these hands to the face where it's really someone getting up on top of the shoulder pads and pushing up or something. It's not really. It's not really what the the uh, foul was meant to be. So, all right, you ready to pick some of these games, give a little discussion, and get a little, let's see how much optimism there is for the home teams. Let's do it, man. 
All right. So the first one I have up, do you want to go first or second? Mm, I mean, I'll be fair. I'm, I'm, you're, you're behind oh, okay. me on two Okay, picks. okay, yeah. First of all, Aaron, tell everybody how we are doing with our picks and try to explain the methodology how you've assumed where we are. Not assumed, but where you how we are where we are. Yeah. So instead of counting up how many we're picking correctly and having like a score of like eighty and whatever so instead of someone being looking, someone instead instead of someone being twenty four and twelve on the season, I'm counting how many incorrect picks we make. But if all of us in the picking group pick incorrectly, it's a scratch. So I don't count that for anybody. It's only if you pick differently and pick it wrong. But anyway, in that method, right now, I am negative five. <laughs> Mike is negative seven. And Danny is negative six. So I'm leading, but I'm only off by one pick to Danny, and Danny's only off by one pick to Mike. So it's so tight. Aaron, Aaron it's is tight. in the lead. Danny is one game behind him, and I am two games behind Aaron, one game behind Danny. So it is tight, but we'll see because a lot of these games are going to be picked the same way. So, all right. So we'll let you pick first then. All right, the first game I have is Vanderbilt and Arkansas. And to just let everybody know, since Danny couldn't be here, he sent in his picks. He has Arkansas beating Vanderbilt. You know, I really should start asking him to give some dialogue on why he picked what he picked if he ain't going to be here, but whatever. Aaron, what you thinking? I picked. I pick next. Okay. Yes. And let's see who's off this week. Let me get that. Auburn's off. Alabama's off. LSU's off. Looks like two, four, six, eight. One, two, three. There should be another team that's off. Who's off? Is it Ole Miss? Ole Miss is off. Uh, Bandy. Picking Bandy to lose. Lose. He's picking Arkansas to win. Who? Golly, dude, I don't know. That's this is a tough really one. Terrible it's kind of it's kind of why I wanted you to go first. Vandy played Kentucky tight at Kentucky. No, that was at Vandy. No, it wasn't. Sure? It was at Kentucky. You're right. It was at Kentucky. That's why think, we. That's I why think... we picked it, and Danny picked it wrong, and we said because. It was in Kentucky. That's why we wouldn't consider the upset. Yes, it was in Kentucky. I'm going to give you a chance to get a pickup on us because I'm also going to pick – no, 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 never mind. I'm picking Vandy to win because I think that Kentucky is a better team than Arkansas. So if Vandy played Kentucky that close, Vandy's still playing with some heart too. So I think this is their chance to, to snag a win and uh, – Head back in the winner's bracket there. Man, I really thought I was going to get something. Because, you know, I, I talked you – I feel like I talked you into picking Ole Miss last week against Auburn. I think I felt like I goaded you into that a little bit. But I, I was thinking Vanderbilt too. Arkansas – Either way, you're, you're going to get a pick on somebody here. Not really. 
Well, if I pick Vanderbilt and Danny's right, then I stay two behind you, and then I go two behind Danny. So, it's really... Okay. Uh, Arkansas beat Tulsa 23 to nothing at home. Game wasn't spectacular. Vanderbilt, Kentucky, it was a windy day. Kentucky. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to talk myself into a bad pick here. Apparently, these games. You sounded like uh, you sounded like the narrator at the beginning of Winnie the Pooh on the cartoon. It was a windy day in the Hundred Acre Wood. It was. And Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt beat. Who was that? Tulsa? Would you just say Arkansas beat Tulsa? But Vanderbilt played on a very oh. win- Vanderbilt played on a windy day up in Kentucky, and it was affecting balls. I'm gonna go with Arkansas. Screw it. No, God, no. First choice, Arkansas. Not confident at all. This would get my. Uh, if we were ranking on confidence, this would be my least confident pick. You're picking Arkansas. Yeah, I'm picking Arkansas. Not happy about it, but I'm picking it. All right, you got to pick the next one first. Yes, I do. Which is fine. I'm and I have Florida Georgia next on mine. Yep. And I'm going to go with Georgia. Even though the Gators have won like three out of the past four when Georgia had the better team, Florida just played. Did Florida just play somebody? Uh, I think they were off. Well, I can check my handy-dandy schedule here. They were. They were and off. they were off. Georgia was off as well. Wow. Off a bye week. I really think Georgia – Florida's probably got the better defense at this point in the season. But I think Georgia's got the better offense. But the question is, can Georgia get it together? I've already picked Georgia. I'm going with Georgia. Danny is also going with Georgia. Y'all just haven't learned yet, have you? Dude, Florida's going to win this game. It's happening. I'm picking Florida. Uh, he, he's he got he's got that team bought into him. Mullen, Mullen is a good coach because he's a good leader. He's going to win this game. And and this this is I mean outside of Kentucky right Kentucky Kentucky can still win the East can't they if they win out yes. Florida wins out yeah Kentucky and Georgia control their own destinies if they win out yeah. they win the East Florida needs help Kentucky's gonna help them Flor- Florida's gonna make it though I, at, right now I feel I feel very confident saying Florida's gonna go eleven and one win the East, <clears throat> and then get uh, get pounded against Alabama and Atlanta. Because oh. Dan Mullen, uh, Nick, Nick Saban is still Dan Mullen's Achilles heel. Nothing's changed. Dan Mullen's just a good coach, man. He gets production out of his players. So you're saying Florida wins out, doesn't lose to anybody, nope. and goes to play Alabama. All right. All right. You writing this down? I got it all up in my mental bank right now, Aaron. Got it all up in my mental bank. That's a dangerous place. It is. It's dark and scary. A lot up there. of dark, yeah. Do you think it's going to be a close? You know, game day is going to be in Jacksonville. 
you want to give a you, you think it's going to be a blowout it's going to be a close game what you, what you think uh I, I i have no idea how it's going to go down i just know florida's going to win ah okay you know uh do you know what this game is called aaron isn't it called the the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? You would be wrong, Aaron, because apparently ESPN can't market it that way anymore, and I don't think CBS can either. But yes, it's the largest outdoor cocktail party. But the fuddy duddies at national television pro TV people will not allow them to say that anymore. So I think uh, who was it? Uh, I don't know who it was, but they when they said they were going down there, they were like the uh, adult beverage party. This and that. I was like, come on, y'all! It's the largest cocktail party. Get over it. But so game cocktail. day will be there. Should cocktail is a is a classy name? Like that's like an yeah. It's like it, it outside of saying adult libations. It's the classiest <laughs> way to say you're having a drink. I'm having a cocktail. I mean, it's like the only thing classier is to say nightcap. Like you're going to have a nightcap. Another question for you. Do you think it's criminal if they don't get Florida-Georgia line to be the guest pickers for this game? Oh, my goodness. I mean. Well, if they haven't if they haven't done it every year, then I don't know that it's criminal. They well, should do it at least once. Well, game day's not there every year. So I'm saying game day's there. They have celebrity guest pickers. Shouldn't it be Florida Georgia Line being the guest picker this week? Whoa, is that legal? They can have ESPN College Game Day when CBS is actually the one covering the game. Yes, because that well, is yeah. ludicrous. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they should have Florida Georgia Line, but I'm curious who does who do they pull for? I believe they're from Florida, but. I don't know. Uh, they may not even like football, but uh, but I'm pretty sure they're from Florida. They like to get their shine on. They do. They've kind of changed up um, styles lately. You know, they went when they first came in. They were all country and whatnot. Now they're. I want. Don't want to. But they've gone Johnny Depp, shall we say, with their style. You know, it seems like the more famous people get, the more their style has to get flamboyant and accessorized. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I wonder which team makes them want to roll their windows down. You know what I mean? <laughs> and cruise on. We're just going to yeah. say Florida, Georgia lyric lines for the rest of the show. We sure are. That's the only two songs I know, though. So you would know. Wait, you would know more, more if you heard it. When you said Johnny Depp, I immediately thought Captain Jack Sparrow, and so I was thinking, man, are they? Did they go island? Did they go full Jimmy Buffett, Kenny Chesney? Well, they are wearing some. Whoo! Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you picked Florida. Me and Danny picked Georgia. Your next one is Kentucky, Missouri. I don't know, dude. the The line on this is like seven point. It's six and a half Missouri's way, isn't it? <clears throat> Doubt that, but let me check. 
Yeah. Six and a half. How is Missouri favored by a touchdown? Vegas knows something, or they're trying to balance out. I need to put some money on something, apparently. Let me. I'm just going to. Let me just go ahead and go real quick. You might hear some clickety clacking. (laughs) Is this the game where Missouri really does win one they're not supposed to? It seems like they do that every year. Or is this this one one Kentucky loses one that they shouldn't lose? It just seems too good to be true that Kentucky's going to make it all the way to the East Championship. What time is that game? This would be so Kentucky. This would be so Kentucky to lose this game. I'm pretty sure you're going to pick Kentucky. I am really tempted to pick with Vegas here. I think they know something we don't. You think they know something? Yeah. Okay, first off, I can't even get that game. I can't even bet that game, so there's that. Can you can you call in a bet to one of the coast casinos here in Mississippi? No, but uh, I don't want to give you gotta it out. Got to be there in person. Yeah, but me and Danny do this online one, so that's how we do ours. You know, I bet because there's like a couple podcasts I listen to, and uh, like it's not DraftKings. What's the other one? Oh, it's DraftKings, FanDuel. FanDuel. There's another one. That they must just sponsor any podcast that calls. Them. <laughs> I bet we could get them. <laughs> I bet. I think we'd have to have a few numbers. Oh, which go. Which reminds All me, right. I'm a shameless plug right here in the middle. But anybody listening in our other countries across the United States, if you have questions or comments, please send it in to Southern Lodge. One, that's the number one, not the word, at gmail.com. SouthernLodge1 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us we're doing a great job. Tell us we're doing a shitty job. You know, if you got a question, send it in. If you got just a comment on your team that ain't one of our teams, let us know. We'll talk about it. But we know we got people listening in Sweden, England, one guy in Spain. We got people up in New York with North Carolina. We're, we're reaching out all over the place. Give us comments. Tell us your friends. Sorry, back to the Pickums. You were about to make a terrible choice and pick Missouri. Go. Yeah, yeah. No, to add on to what you're saying, if anybody would like us to talk about something else more, email us and we'll talk about it more. We, we dedicate like an hour and a half a week to this show, so we'd be happy to work in more about what y'all care about and less about what we care about. We care about it all, honestly. What's that email? I'm picking Mizzou. Southern Lodge 1, number one, not the word, number one, Southern Lodge 1. At gmail.com. So you're picking Missouri. Missouri, man. I'm going Kentucky. So I I like the little engine that could. I like Benny Snell. Oh, that might be why. Benny Snell might have injured his leg against Vanderbilt. But he was running hard at the end of that game, so I believe in him. Uh, I, me and Danny are both going Kentucky, so there's another opportunity for some for some game changingness. You know, if okay, so we have picked. Wow, there's going to be some movement this week. Three games, three different picks. You've picked against me and Danny every game. So you could either be four ahead of Danny so far, or 
you could be one behind me. Or we all split and nothing happens. We can't split. No, like I could get two right. Oh, I see what you're... No, 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 yeah. I could get two right. Y'all could get two right. Okay. Well, then, yeah. But but so far, these three games... There's going to be change just based off these three games because of the way it's the picking is going. All right. So I've got the next one. Mississippi State, Texas A&M. I hate to do it to you, Aaron. But Nick Fitzgerald looked defeated after that LSU game, and I don't know if he's the, got the personality to come back from something like that. After he threw that last interception, he came off the field and he threw his helmet down and he was spitting water, taking water in and spitting it out. He just looked dejected. A&M's playing for a little something. I think they've still got a chance to go. If they went out, they could probably make the Sugar Bowl or something. So I'm going with A&M. And I believe Danny is as well. Okay. Oh man. Just tell me tell me about it, brother. <laughs> Let your heart out. Okay. Pick against so your team. For whatever reason, Vegas has given us a two and a half point nod in this game. And I don't know, man. I I'm not sure if the wheels are about to come off the wagon for us or if – I mean, making a quarterback change is, is very rarely a great idea. It happens every now and then. Like with Clemson, they're clearly a better team right now. I'm worried it's a sign that we're getting desperate. And if we, we put Keaton Thompson in and we shift up a lot of things – it could be really bad. I this isn't the game that I I'm wanting to hang my hat on. So I, I don't know. And A and M A and M is an average team in the West right now. Our defense is above average. Our our defense is no lie top ten in the nation. Our offense is bottom ten in the nation. So god dang dude i'm gonna have to pick us to lose i hate it i really Ooh, hate it good I choice a and m is third in the west right now at five and two you know only only three teams in the sec have losing records right now and that would be arkansas vanderbilt and tennessee at three and four Great Tennessee day. about to even it out. We hope so. Okay, so that brings up our final game. Tennessee versus South Carolina. Your pick, and Danny has South Carolina winning. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to go Tennessee here. Uh, Tennessee, e- this is one of those weird things that happens in that first year where a coach comes on. I do think uh, Tennessee players are buying into Jeremy Pruitt. The, the Alabama has this weird effect. Some teams, there's a hangover. I don't think Tennessee's going to see a hangover. I think it was one of those things where you come out of it, even though it's a loss, and you say, you know what? We hung 21 points on them, and we, we've got some things to build on. Uh, we know what we need to work on, but not every team has hung 21 points on Alabama. 
And there's a lot of times where Tennessee made great plays. South Carolina, on the other hand, really is bad. They're they're well, I say bad. They're they're below average, just barely below that line. And I think Tennessee's probably just below that line too right now. But I see positive momentum at Tennessee and negative momentum, whatever deacceleration at South Carolina. Tennessee. Picking Tennessee. I'm picking Tennessee as well because uh, pretty much same thing you did. I think Tennessee is kind of getting their feet under them a little bit with Pruitt. The defense is playing, except for Alabama, who hangs 50 on everybody. Tennessee's defense was getting their legs under them. Oh, that uh, that's something I want to come back and talk to you about because uh, Tennessee is going to be – Nope, nope, take that back. Batuli missed the Alabama game. So the defense is getting back underneath them. We'll see if that continues. In the pa- we'll see if the passing game continues. It struggled a little bit against Alabama just because of that D-line, but that was something that was clicking for us against Auburn uh, was our 50-50 balls, and the passing game has got us going against Al- uh, Auburn. So we'll see if that continues against South Carolina. What did you think of the targeting call in the LSU game, Aaron? Was that targeting? Against LSU? On yes. Fitz? Yes. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you what, Devin White is a big boy. A lot bigger than I thought he was. How? I mean, how hard is it to just tackle? I mean, and, and I, 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 okay, I know nothing about the mechanics of tackling. I've never done it. But how hard is it to tackle just a little bit lower, like to aim for the waist as opposed to the chest? Because he did hit high. Now, granted, it was pretty boom-boom. I don't think that it was like fits through, took a step back, and then he got hit. You know, it was pretty much like as he's releasing, uh, LSU lowers his head. And, uh, I mean, it looked like a fair timing tackle. He did go high, though. So, but he I mean, didn't knock him to knowing, the ground. Or if he did, it was because Fitz not, a, a vagina. Yeah, I that that didn't make or break the game. Was that the same play that there were two unsportsmanlike penalties and we got 45 yards altogether and then Fitz throws an interception? It might was have been. That? It might have been. I think I, so. I think it was. I think it was, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Targeting is one of those things. You just I, I get why it's there, and, and I think a lot of the time it's it's good. I don't know that I agree with the ejection thing. Maybe two targeting calls in the same game, you should be ejected for a full game. But like some of them are so close, you know. Especially when you're running and the other person's running. Well, no, 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 that can't happen. Targeting has to be a player standing still. No, it doesn't. Yeah, just helmet to helmet contact doesn't doesn't uh, necessitate a targeting call. It well, it kind of depends. A runner, no, but the wide receiver running on the boundary, it can't. It's the targeting rule is a little weird, but th- that one there. Yes, he hit him in the head, but that wasn't targeting. Is forcible contact to the head or neck or leading with the crown of the helmet. He didn't lead with the crown and there wasn't forcible contact. Yeah, he hit him. I think it should have been a personal foul for roughing the passer but not targeting. Let's let's establish this really quick first of all. 
the crown of the helmet. Top of the helmet. You know, that's not the crown, though. A, a, a king, a king who wears a crown, a queen who wears a crown. The crown wraps around the head. It doesn't sit on top of the head. So that's I. I don't know that they're using the right term or that people are interpreting it correctly. The crown would be not the exact top, but but the top of the forehead, know, four inch. Yeah, the top of the forehead wrapping around the side, but in the front is what they're looking at because you're leading with it. The, cr- the the top would be the top. The crown would be that part that's just above where the opening is for your, your eyes, the, the visor area. Just above mm-hmm. that would be the crown, I would think. I mean, I don't know. What's the crown of your head? I'm going to look it up real quick see if I can find that. So, but do you agree uh, that that probably shouldn't have been targeting, but should have been just a regular roughing the passer? It was at least a roughing the passer, but wouldn't roughing the passer be 15 yards? Yes, but Devin White wouldn't have been thrown out of the game and then missed the first half against Alabama. So that's what the big thing is, is that Devin White is missing the – first half of the Alabama game because they're off this week and that's the next game. All right. Based on these, based on these, uh, images I'm looking at when I searched crown of your head, it's the upper back part of your head. It's not even the top. It's not even the front. It's the upper back. So I don't know. Like if a policeman told you, put your hands behind your head, like where your hands would rest would be your crown. Mm. So leading with the crown of the helmet, that's just weird. Well, that's what it is. Eh. People yeah. that get paid a lot more than us make those decisions, so we just get to debate them. Yeah. What did uh yeah, what did you be- think of the Ohio State Purdue game? Danny texted me about it. I didn't know if you were aware of it or not. No, I, I, I fell asleep when that happened. I was snoozing. Yeah, Danny sent me a – Danny had put money on Ohio State winning or or something, and he sent me a, a thing that said F Purdue, but he had lost his money before that because he did his parlay or whatnot, and he sent F Purdue, which – would make me think he was rooting for Ohio State, which Urban Meyer. Oh, now did you hear? Did you hear what's going on now, Aaron? What's up? What's Urban up? Meyer is claiming health problems again. Oh God! <laughs> you know, you know, he fainted on the sidelines a couple weeks ago. Oh it's my! Because gosh. of medication or something like that, dehydrate. I don't know. I don't doubt that he bears a lot of stress. Every head football coach, every head of any major organization is going to bear a lot of stress. <laughs> he's just he's just a pansy about it. You're going to get paid $6 million. You, you need to be able to handle that kind of stress, period. Find ways to deal with it. Well, you know. A lot of the time it's just taking a deep breath. <laughs> and, and smelling that money they're paying you, but – one of Tennessee's beat writers pulled up a 
it was a thing or something. It was from when Urban Meyer first got hired at Ohio State. And apparently, you know, he, I, I think it was before they even started playing or whatnot, but he said any coach, because, you know, when coaches first get there, they, people will go, well, he just got, he just has to get his guys in the program. You know, he just got to recruit his guys. He basically said any coach around here that blames the players or this and that, they're going to be gone because these are your players now. And if they're not doing good, that's on you. So any coach that says it's the players or we just got to get our guys in here, they're going to be gone. And the Tennessee beat writer goes, so not wanting players that you didn't recruit is is not good, but beating your wife is okay. We'll hire those kind of coaches. So <laughs> the fact that Urban Meyer has a yeah. job still in, in today's culture – or wasn't suspended longer than three games? Come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty astounding. Especially with his track record with the Florida kids he recruited. I mean, he ran away from Florida. He he can jerry – he can sugarcoat all he wants. He ran away from Florida. Yeah. Well, I mean, this goes back to a couple weeks ago when – Moorhead lost to Florida, Kentucky, then Florida. And I made the argument that if you're the head of an organization, you're responsible for everything that happens in the side of that organization. And whether you like it or not, I, I get that you can look you can look at the individual level and you can say, yeah, but if this person had done their job better, yeah, but your job is to make sure they're doing their job. And so if they don't do well, I mean, it's just like me, man. If we have a teacher that comes up short, I shouldn't be surprised by it. It should happen, and I should say, you know what? That's one that here's what we worked on, and I should have done this better. I should have done this better. Nothing should surprise you if you're the leader of the organization and you're doing it well. And uh, Urban Meyer, man, when he left Florida, that's what he said. Yeah, my health, this and that. No, really what it was is you lost the man. You lost Dan Mullen, who was winning these championships for you. And uh, he, he went somewhere else. So you had to go back. And, and Now, one thing Urban Meyer does well is he can find quality people, and he can recruit. He himself is worthless, though, by himself. He, he has to get those people around him, which part of leadership is that, identifying quality and putting quality in the right place to be successful. Yeah, yeah. So shifting gears on you, Aaron, I was – you know, you're a sports fan in a loose sense of the term, meaning you like the SEC football and Mississippi State. Very loose. Yep. The uh, initial poll for the AP poll came out for college basketball this year, came out today. And would you uh, happen to know where Mississippi State is ranked or if they're ranked? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> If we are, it's going to be like 22 to 25. Y'all would be ranked 18th. Woo! Very nice. Kentucky tops the SEC at number two. Tennessee is second at six. And then you have Auburn at 11. And looking real quick, I don't see another one until Mississippi State. So y'all are the fourth highest ranked. SEC school. Wow. LSU is 23rd. That's fantastic. A lot of pressure going to be coming on Ben Howland this year and the Bulldogs up at the hump. 
Yeah, it's kind of make or break for him as far as does he does he meet expectations. I mean, he does have the the basketball program where it's exciting to go watch a game. Like he he's got it. No matter really what happens, as far as making the tournament or not, he has it to where I I my like Tristan and I as well as our friends are having conversations about actually booking a room or uh, buying some tickets, not season tickets, but we want to come back and, and see a game. Well, back when uh, Stansbury was there, man, it was fun. It was yeah. fun to go to a basketball game. Well, isn't it crazy that even though you know Mississippi State's SEC and it's football country, for a while Mississippi State really was known more as a basketball school than football just because of this the final four run and some of that some of the basketball success so getting back up there i guess i would say i would say we've never been known for producing actually let me say it this way we are respected the most as a baseball school this the second thing outside of baseball right now is women's basketball like we get respect around uh, yeah y'all are having a good three-year stretch yeah let me let me see it in 30 years men's basketball uh okay we've we've made uh a deep run into the tournament for three years but we've had decent teams for the past five to seven maybe I'm saying right now. I did say right now. Yeah, okay. Women's basketball gets more respect than anybody. Uh, baseball, though, is is historically what we're known for. Football, never, never. Mullen built what we have. The expectations that all of us have is because of Mullen. Basketball, Stansberry had a long run of pretty good seasons and then every now and then make it into the tournament and and do okay and he, he never stansbury never took us i don't even think he took us to the sweet 16 for men i'm I just saying it's crazy that seven years ago roughly seven years ago you could honestly say that mississippi state's basketball men's basketball team was their like second championship because when i would watch they would talk about state and the final four runs and the the deep the deeper tournament runs and stuff i mean mississippi state basketball was talked about as one of those teams that had had success in the recent you know recent past yeah i'm pulling it up right now pulling it up right now Uh, give me some wikipedia Where's the Wikipedia? I don't care about y'all's schedule. Need some Wikipedia on y'all. What's the name of the Tennessee basketball arena? Thompson Bowling. State plays in the Humphrey Coliseum. And, and I don't know, I haven't been in a while, but the old guy... Who used to do the the announcing? What do you call that? The commentator, the color commentary. Comment commentator, yeah. Do but you know what the like capacity the at the like, hump is? Ooh, eight thousand. Ten thousand seventy five. Ten thousand seven hundred seventy five. Okay, okay, okay. So 
wow, that was really – I thought that was a lot. So that Final Four run that I'm talking about that everybody used to bring up, you know, like 10 years ago, was it's 1996. 90s, right? 96. Y'all haven't made the Sweet 16 since 96. So, wow. The round of 32 – I mean, y'all have made the round of 32 – 2002, 04, 05, 08. So, yeah. So, literally 10 years ago, Mississippi State basketball was y'all's second leading thing behind baseball. Yeah. Yep. And look, man, let me let me just say this. I am not one of those fans that expects us to win the West and think, like, have these illusions of winning national championships. I do want a consistent – seven and five eight and four team though and that's not that crazy that's not that crazy that's that's consistent losses to like alabama or lsu uh and then two other surprise interchangeable sec teams but we have got to consistently beat the teams that are at our level or inferior to us so out of conference we gotta win those four games gotta win them Gotta beat the Kentuckys. Gotta beat the well, the old Kentuckys, the Arkansas, or yeah, it, well, yeah, yeah. Well, Kentucky will be there again. This is a flash in the pan right now. Well, that quarterback's be gonna be again. back next year, so he's not that good. He they, could be better got next a great year, O-line. though. They've got a great O line. They have a, a good running back, and their defense is playing well. As a whole, they have what's that guy's name on defense? Josh Allen or Jared Allen? Allen. It's Allen something or something Allen. Yeah, Allen, 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 Allen. There we go. Yeah, Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be a first round pick. So my point is. I just want a I want a seven and five football team that's fun to watch, and maybe we're gonna get that. It's just that this year was supposed to be one of those high points. It was supposed to be, this was supposed to be the nine win season, and then we're gonna dip back down. We're probably gonna have five and seven, six and six next year, and then build our way back towards another really good football team that wins nine or ten games. You know, I bet and Danny would be glad to, to hear what you just said just then. Or are you just saying that this year you would like a seven and five team that's fun to watch? Or are you saying that's your expectations every year? No, I'm saying if we were consistently a seven and five, eight and four team, state fans are typically happy with that. It's just this year we knew the talent on that roster, and maybe maybe we were just that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. I was driving home today. I was like. I'm sitting here thinking Kylan Hill is one of the best running backs I've ever seen. Maybe he's not. Maybe I'm just that delusional to think that he he has the potential to like on the right team anyway. Like put Kylan Hill on an on an Alabama where there's no drop off, there's no coaching issues. Does Kylan Hill make a run for the Heisman? I don't know. I right now he's underutilized. And it makes all of us think, ah, oh, well, he, you know, he's good. He's just he's he's not being used. But like maybe maybe Moorhead sees more than what we do, and and maybe we're just not that good. Maybe yeah. we we do have a good defense. We do have a good defense, but maybe our offense as a whole is just overrated. Period. I mean, it, 
wide receivers fits obviously but maybe all we have is a couple of good running backs on <laughs> no line well we'll see i i really like i said i really think i really want to see there be a quarterback change at mississippi state just to see the future and i honestly think morehead needs to as well because fitz is gone after this year and if if Thompson can't run your offense, you're going to have to go Juco. You're going to have to go grad, uh, grad transfer or recruit a couple fre- – like if Keaton Thompson isn't your guy, you need to know about it in an in-game situation right now, not going through spring ball or something. You know, you need to figure it out now if Keaton Thompson is your guy for the future. Right. So, we'll see. I, I – I just can't see it being any worse than what it's been. When it's been bad with Fitz, it's been bad. And when it's been good, it's been run the ball good, not pass. So we'll see. I don't know. What do you, I mean, you kind of said what you thought was going to happen, but what do you, you I mean, you want to see it too, right? I thought that's what you said. Yeah, it's time. It's time to try something different. I, I think I mentioned that after Florida. Did you hear me burp just now? Yes, we all did. Or did I hide that pretty no, we, well? We all heard that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, pardonnez-moi, s'il vous plaît. I think it's time for a change. I think it's time to, to do something different, put some new energy into the offense, really see if he has that damn Williams effect where the players are willing to catch, go out there and, and make a catch for him that they're not willing to make for Nick Fitzgerald. I was listening to this other podcast, and – it, it, it the guy films it on Facebook Live, and he's hilarious. But uh, one person was like, he doesn't throw a catchable ball, and he was like, what is a catchable ball? If it hits you in the hands, it's a catchable ball, and that's why I think about is like Fitz does throw a ball in the vicinity of his wide receivers. A lot of the time, they're just not looking. Well, they they go up and like swat the ball like they're the defensive back instead of the receiver. They don't make the effort that they need to make, and maybe maybe Keaton Thompson can make them want to make that effort and catch the ball. Well, I mean, a catchable ball is the spiral. I mean, you may we may not think about it because you know when we're out there in the yard catching balls, we're ten to twenty yards away, so and a drop doesn't mean nothing. But you know when they're on these, you know when these balls are getting zinged, if they're a little off. You know, they're used to catching out of the jug machines now or, you know, quarterbacks have no pressure at practice. So they're used to catching that spiral where that ball fits into their hands, you know, the small part, and then they grab. So, I mean, they're used to catching the ball a certain way. When ducks start flying and that ball starts wobbling a little bit and it doesn't hit their hand just right, that's how drops happen. So that's what the catchable ball is. It's not in the vicinity. I mean, it kind of is in the vicinity. But the flight of that ball can affect how a receiver – catches it because i mean when it starts getting wobble and starts get you know the the duck as they would call it it can affect how it hits a receiver's hand and their concentration level so i mean that's now why look, uh, look. pretty spirals count tonga valoa throws a beautiful ball it's beautiful it is pretty oh my goodness you can just see that white lay uh white stripe on the ball just spiraling and just making a beautiful perfect circle all right i get that but mike put some receiver gloves on me 
and I guarantee you I will catch anything that hits me in the hands. I, I played flag football, and I was a champion, all right? <laughs> if I was just a little bit faster and I knew when to push away from the Taco Bell, I could be something special. <laughs> oh, I, I can catch a wobbly ball. The only thing, I've never done it with, with pads on and a helmet. You know, but I've done it full sprint, wide open, hands stretched out. It's happened. You know, there's enough of y'all in your family. I'm just wondering this. Why, you know, y'all get together for your New Year's thing and y'all do the skeet shoot and the eating and the karaoke and, and the drinking. Why there ain't no family football game? Because y'all are all football fans now. Y'all got enough to field a, a small team. Why there isn't, you know, just the family football game in the yard for bragging rights? We probably should do that. Maybe maybe we get some uh, get some youngins running around out here. We'll we'll do that. I don't know that I could talk my dad into it. Well, someone's got to be all time quarterback, before. right? I, I've done it before with uh, let's see, Anthony and Cameron, me, Abram, and Tristan have played before. That's about the biggest game we've ever had. And dude, me and Tristan ran the best trick play on them. Little play action. <laughs> That's all we did is just play action. But we set it up. Like, Tristan was running the ball really well, so we, like, handed it off her to, to her twice, and she got, like, two five-yard gains. And then we did a play action fake to her where I looked like I was blocking, and then I was wide open for a touchdown. It was beautiful. So so two-hand touch, no tackle. Two-hand touch, yeah. Oh, let's see. We – I could get flags. I can bring flags from the school. And we could play flag football. And it would be a blast. I'm just throwing that's it out there. Idea. I'm just throwing it out there because y'all do get together for family, you know, and that's the, that's what they're supposed to do on what Thanksgiving and Christmas they have the the family football games. Yeah. We The only thing we really do where everybody's together now is that <clears throat> New Year's Eve get-together. We'll have to do that. Yeah. And playing with guns is just too much fun. It is. It is. So, All right. Well, I think we've covered everything I want to cover. Is there anything that's just in the back of your mind that's going to gnaw at you if we don't talk about it this week? No, sir. All right. Well, we'll see y'all. And before we leave, if people are still listening at the back end of this program, southernlodge1 at gmail.com. That's the number one, not the word. SouthernLodge1 at gmail.com. Send us comments. Send me a picture. I don't care. Send me something. We'll read it. We'll comment on it. Just get involved. All right. We'll see y'all next time at the Lodge. Good night.